you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS in Pasadena for a morning of multilingual readings, interactive performances, and lots of kid fun. It's Super Fun Saturday on June 1st. Get your tickets at LAS.com slash events. Studios. I'm Brian De Los Santos, and this is How to LA. Today, we're talking with Cambodian-American painter Tita Whitney Lack as part of our series, How Artists See the City. She's a painter whose work is currently in the Hammer Museum as part of their Made in LA show. Tita Whitney grew up in Cambodia town in Long Beach and moved to the city of LA two years ago. Producer Victoria Alejandro and I recently visited her studio space in downtown LA. Okay. This is very like SoCal, California. The, can you see how many this is? The window. Um, I don't know, but I'm like, I was on my grandma's house. Window something. We're in Tita Whitney's beautiful open studio in downtown LA. One of the first things we notice is a painting in progress of those curly cute iron security bars that are so common on houses throughout LA. A throwback from high crime periods of the 70s and 80s, but now it's just kind of become part of the architectural landscape in many neighborhoods. And I love that they, like as a kid, I always loved that they looked like hearts. Yeah, that's, that, that's the part that I really like. It's pretty, even though like, you know, maybe the, bars ain't too nice. <laughs> Her studio is covered in paintings, but there's one wall that's just floor to ceiling windows. The light makes the loft space feel welcoming. You can hear traffic and people walking by on the sidewalks below. It feels so open. Tita Whitney has covered the space in plants and greenery too. I love that you have space. Look at this beautiful, like, it's so pretty. Zen. I need green. I'm an actual, like, I tell people I like to perch. I had this anxiety of not being around anything like green or plants or just kind of a reminder of outdoor with some skies. Um, so they're all in here now because I moved out. Tito Whitney sits down on some scaffolding and we start our chat. My name is Tito Whitney Luck and we're here in Southern California in the Flower District, downtown of Los Angeles. So uh, the genre or like I guess categories that I like to tell people I'm in is contemporary figurative paintings, representational paintings. And they really focus around the domestic space. All of that is work that I been focused on the last five years. Her work tends to be large canvases sometimes multiple panels, usually featuring women in domestic spaces. There are often sunsets and palm trees in the background, and disembodied hands with glittery nails peek out of closed-off spaces. The colors and iconic structures in the works of art are, undeniably, L.A. Walking into her studio, we see paintings in progress covering the walls, sunsets starting to show up, chain-link fences sketched out, canvases featuring those heart-shaped security bars we were just talking about. Tita Whitney has always been drawn to art and graduated from Cal State Long Beach in 2017 after majoring in the subject. 
It wasn't clear to her how she could make a living as an artist, but after earning a spot on a school trip to New York, she had an epiphany. She really could do it. And so she spent her time after college figuring out herself, her voice, where her work would be. So I had to just kind of spend some time figuring out I had to reflect on myself again. I never took a moment to actually see what I looked like with images, like in terms of painting. And I ended up kind of slowly picking apart. Uh, I'm female, I'm Cambodian American. <laughs> I started picking apart into vulnerable places. And that led to some realizations about her upbringing. I actually had a moment where, because um, growing up as a first generation, and um, I'm six out of seven kids. I'm of another generation. I, I'm, my parents had to assimilate to a new culture where I was born into one. My upbringing, I, would, I realized there was a theme that I had in my household and uh, one where I would, I, it, it's like, um, how do you describe this? Uh, it's uh, violence. But it's like, sorry, that's like too strong of a word. <laughs> it's, it's more like echo through our generation because my parents came from genocide. Tita Whitney's family left Cambodia in 1979 after the Khmer Rouge genocidal regime fell. They relocated to the U.S. in the 80s, eventually landing in Cambodia town in Long Beach. To understand their journey, her journey, Tita Whitney wanted to have some vulnerable and maybe uncomfortable conversations with her family about their story and survival couldn't seem to be able to get the conversation going or you know like or they just wouldn't open up or and I recognized that I was trying so when I kind of gave up I just like you know what let me just throw this into the painting and it really forced out this like natural narrative that I've been getting to like articulate and by 2020 like I was able to like say the words uh, from my mouth and, and very confidently and just like, I didn't realize after doing it, um, I had so many people that was really resonating with my own stories. So then from there, I was just like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. Tita Whitney has several paintings on display at the Hammers Museum show made in L.A. One of them is called Refuge. It's three panels. The panel on the left looks like an L.A. sunset. Pink and orange background with palm trees. The panel on the right is the inside of what looks like an L.A. apartment. You can see those heart-shaped security bars, a sewing machine, and a sliding mirrored closet door. The middle panel is calling to mind the Cambodian genocide. A family of three girls stands behind a soldier, facing away from the viewer. They're looking into a scene of palm trees on fire and people fleeing through fields. The colors of the fire are the same colors of the sunset. The wartime image is based on Tita Whitney's father's experience on the day Cambodia was liberated from the regime in 1979. He was en route to find family when crossfire ensued in the rice field where he was working. And if you look closely, you'll see that the wartime image is actually reflected in the closet door. Tita Whitney says that the girls looking into the crossfire are her older sister and two of her nieces. The painting feels like a reminder of how our trauma lives with us and can be passed down wherever we go. You have an art piece in a place that where a lot of people pass by and and it, and I love the show, the name of the show, Made in LA. Tell me about the trajectory of getting there. So 2020 is the year that actually everything came together for me. It was a pandemic. It kind of just did this reset button in the circuit. And so I was able to leap, leap in 
21 was like my in-person debut, which was like group shows and introduction. And then 22 was all of my solo debuts. So I did my first solo in LA. I did my first solo in London. I did my first solo in New York at the Armory booth. And so, and then 2023 comes along, I'm now doing institution shows. I think it really has to do with, uh, I guess the kind of work that I'm doing. Because I do hear many times that like, I need my story to be told. We'll be back with painter Tita Whitney Luck and her process right after this. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe. As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self. Check out Right Nowish. Rooted in California's Bay Area, speaking to you. It's so many people of color, so many queer people. It's like I'm being celebrated in my fullness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round. This is clearly an NPR audience. (laughs) I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vela Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events. We're back talking with painter Tita Whitney Luck in her studio. Can you tell us a little bit about the like literal physical process of making a painting, making one of your pieces? So the, all of the paintings start off with raw canvas. And from there, I give myself a choice of three different, three mediums, which is pastel, oil paints, or acrylic paints. Um, but I use different techniques so a watercolor technique is one of them Um, and usually I start with I start with that to help build the soft ground and then start really kind of dissecting and juxtaposing acrylic and oil because oil paints kind of erode other materials they have to be last so there's really this play between hard edge or soft edge and um, foreground or, or like background. So like this sunset kind of right behind Brian, is that, like you said, watercolor technique, and immediately I was like, oh, that. <laughs> I think they're so vivid. There's another painting on display at the Hammer that immediately clicked with me and Victoria. It's called Relatives. The two central figures are women on opposite sides of a fence in front of a house. The woman on the left is smiling and waving, and the woman behind the fence has her head buried in her hands. It conjures the feeling of watching two women say a long goodbye to each other at a family party. I asked Tito Whitney to explain that piece a little bit more. So the the painting at the Hammer Show, Relatives, that is actually based off of my baby cousins. And I captured two of them with a specific a pose or posture and I thought it resonated so well the kind of air or attitude that's in the household of like a lot of women that I, I was with and so besides those two there are actually a few more figures in the painting um, and they're cropped 
you you see like the bottom of their feet one on the um sitting on the floor another one walking down and i've built this ambiance of like a domestic space a home it it it's exterior but you also get these creepy hands that poke in and out of these uh corners of the painting and that's one of the themes that i work with um kind of noting that you're never really alone. There's like someone there. As we mentioned earlier, these disembodied hands that Tita Whitney is describing appear in almost all of her paintings. You'll see them poking out of a trash can or a closet door. Sometimes the hands are green and they have long glittery nails. Is that because of the family that you have or is the thoughts that you have? It's both, actually, when you say it that way, because sometimes the, the skin color changes, it's like normal skin color, but then other times they're green. And when I started painting the green skin, I really was trying to describe not a person, but more of like what they had gone through for them to be the way that they are. And um, it was like my way of being like, it's not your fault, you know, um, it's just this thing. And the, the green hands really come about like friend or foe, you don't know, very mischievous. And the glitter. Tell me about the glitter and the nails. I had a conversation with my mom like two years ago when I started doing the paintings. And it was about her hands. And she just she looked at my hands and she was all like, oh, your hands are wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, of course she would say that. But she, but she really also said, um, you have hardworking hands. And so just based off of that conversation, I made a painting uh, about her expectations of like womanhood and motherhood and um, getting married and all that. And just had another friend see the painting and was all like, wow, you know, those are hardworking hands. But he didn't know if it was like woman's hands. And I was just kind of having a moment like, no, he's got, it has to have the female note in there, the, the feminine note. And so I was like, my mom gets her nails done. And like, I started getting my nails done too when I, when I started putting the glitters in and I realized like they do make your hands look really nice like you know and I decided this is this is what I'm gonna you know use to keep it as a way to note the feminine touch that it's a feminine story I see like notes of uh, femininity that's around me but I also see LA a lot in your particular paintings like from that looks like a, a desk at an LAUSD or a California school, you know, um, with the TV in the background. That's very powerful. It's it's this particular painting in your studio. It's of the Capitol riots that happen on KTLA five, very pointed LA channel um, with a barbed wire that's cut open. The beautiful background of the hazy pink sunset that we get in Los Angeles area with the palms. This is, I love that you mix your heritage, your culture, your femininity, the experiences in your home with this like swirl of Los Angeles area. How, how is, what is your relationship like to the area? How do you say that? I mean, I, I, I grew up in the bubble of my, my town actually locally, like my elementary, middle school and high school was like not too far away from the same street, even college, <laughs> even college. I could really picture a, like going back in my memories really resonate a lot, just very specifically the kinds of things that I was always surrounded by. Um, and school actually, if anything, if I wasn't at home, I was at school. 
And I even had stayed in after school programs. Like I would stay until the school closed. It's nice to be able to, I think, really have a perspective with the time and place that I existed in and still like this is actually uh, something that still can resonate with a younger generation like being able to communicate with them saying that like I used to be in this same uh, you know this world too and I I still recall bits in here of what it what it looked like for me and talking more about Los Angeles like, what is your life here like? Um, you have a studio in a busy area in downtown here in the Flower District slash um, Fashion District. Um, you have lived most of your life in Long Beach. Now you are in a studio in downtown? Yes, I am. And um, I'm, I'm more of a beach girl, so I love yes. being back at home. That's why the palm trees are so strong in my work. And um, it's also the sunset. But LA, LA, I've been here. It's been great being in LA. I think I'm just really taking the step to own like where I come from, and where I come from is not really like the best. Like it's I was in the ghetto, you know. Like I, I grew up on Section Eight. I like um, it wasn't always like an easy neighborhood, but trying to piece it up in beautiful ways. Cause I remember, I don't remember it being horrible. I just have memories of it. I have a lot of gratitude for what has been in my life. As we talk, I can see Tito Whitney reflect about her journey as an artist. She has a lot of gratitude for what she's seen with her family, but herself as well. And she's thinking about how she projects that onto her next art pieces. It's really beautiful. I'm really just reflecting where I have been. So it's really it's re been really beautiful to be able to to recognize it. At one point I just grew up as a very unhappy unhappy adolescent to a young adult and I didn't know how to deal with it. And it was only until I left college I had a slap in the face. I was like, "Well, what are you going to do with your life? Who are you?" And I'm like, <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Let's see what this is all about. And, and next thing you know, I'm like, I'm showing at uh, the museums, you know, I'm showing at galleries. So it's been really a, quite a blessing to like have to, have been having to like reflect myself into my work. Um, but it's also very like a vulnerable place because, you know, I just want to do right by my community that raised me but as well as be able to just um, challenge, you know, what it means to have to own these identities. I really want to note about being a woman. It's very important for my girls. And Southeast Asian, I think that culture has a lot of stories intertwined with the rest of the world. And uh, yeah, first gen, that's like a big deal just because of all the trauma that gets inherited. And like, if you, don't, if you don't have a conversation around it or dialogue or any of that, that, that um, lack of exposures can be very detrimental. This literally is like a diary, is a documentation of how I'm processing life. That was painter Tita Whitney Luck. Her work is currently on display at the Long Beach Museum of Art and the Hammer Museum in Westwood as part of their Made in LA show. We'll have links to her website and Instagram in our show notes if you want to take a look at some of her pieces that we described in this episode. 
Thanks for joining us today for this artist POV. Catch y'all next week. Bye. This episode was produced by Victoria Alejandro. The rest of the How to LA team is Evan Jacoby, Megan Botel, Monica Bushman, Erica Washington, and our intern, Tony Morales. Our engineer is Hasmik Pagosian, and our executive producer is Megan Larson. Additional support from Jens Campbell. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes LA a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.